This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. finished their summer league in a big way with a come from behind victory against the Portland Trailblazers. Final score 95-92 spearheaded by Armani Brooks, Usman Garuba, and Josh Christopher. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So much to talk about in today's episode. And hey, I'm not in Vegas anymore. I'm back home. So had some logistics issues with my travel plans, had a flight delay, just a whole lot. And so I'm, I'm happy to be home back in my element with my dual monitor set up with my nice, fancy microphone, all this stuff. And I'm excited to be able to talk about a really incredible Rockets game uh, that had a flurry of a finish in this one. And realistic, like this was is it weird that I feel like, the, I mean, this was like the most exciting. I don't want to say it was the most exciting game, obviously, because like no Jalen Green in this game, no Shingoon. But like the finish to this one was one of the most, if not the most exciting finish to any of these summer league games that I got the chance to see. And to 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 see this one play out, it was something else. You know, I knew that once Armani Brooks kind of stepped back into the Rockets summer league lineup after being sidelined due to health and safety protocols, I was just waiting for this for like a, a vintage Armani Brooks game where he was just going to fill it up. I was telling my buddy who was with me in summer league, I was like, look, Armani's going to fill it up. One of these nights, he's going to go off guaranteed. And so I was, you know, really excited to see that happen in this one. So definitely going to talk about Armani Brooks's game. going to talk about Josh Christopher, who I think had his best all around summer league game in this one. Usman Garuba showing his defensive prowess, a highlight block, a clutch block to help seal the game for the Rockets. All of that and more, but I want to walk through really quick just the tail end sequence of this game, right? So the Rockets were down 90 to 83, down seven, little over a minute to go off of a Greg, uh, Greg Brown put back dunk attempt. So they that puts the Blazers up 90 to 83. Comes down, Josh Christopher makes a layup. All right, 90 85. Cool. Then the Rockets force a turnover. The first of three turnovers in the final minute. Rockets force a turnover. Josh Christopher gets another layup. It's a three-point ball game, 90-87. to 87. Rockets force yet another turnover after some awkward passing, you know, scramble for the ball. Usman Garuba winds up with the ball, dunks at home off of a Tremont Waters assist. We've got a 90-89 to 89 game. Then the Blazers commit an excess timeout technical foul. They turn the ball over. Rockets get a free throw, tie it up 90 all. They inbound the ball. Josh Christopher's on the baseline. Looks to be, it looks like he, you know, picks up his dribble, gets pinched a little bit. And then curling around the perimeter, you hear Armani Brooks 
clear as day, yelling, JC, JC, JC. And Josh Christopher hits him with the pass. Armani rises up, drains the shot. Rockets lead 93-90. And that was pretty much all she wrote. I mean, you get a couple more Josh Christopher free throws in there. One more, one more midi from, from Moutier. And that was, that was the game, man. Rockets had a 12, what is that? A 12 point swing. Hang on. Cause they were down, right? So they were down. So that's 95, uh, 83. Yeah. 12 point swing in about a minute of game time. Just an absolute crazy finish to this one. And to see the, the poise with which this Rockets team played with down the stretch of this game, right? It, you know, for some of us, it's just summer league, right? In your head, you're thinking it's summer league. It doesn't matter. These guys are playing for contracts, right? These guys are out there hustling, fighting hard, trying to make, trying to carve out their spot on an NBA roster, right? So to them, it's not just summer league. To them, this is a jo- this is a job interview. This is an audition. This is whatever you want to call it, right? So they're out there busting their ass, and to see them come from behind the way that they did to scramble, to fight, to claw, and to do it defensively, right? To force those back-to-back turnovers to give yourself a chance to win the game. And then, obviously, the Blazers with the, you know, silly timeout turner, that, that was very fortunate. But, like, that entire sequence, you know, spearheaded by defense, and then in that mix as well, the uh, the Usman Garuba incredibly clutch block to to keep things afloat for the Houston Rockets after the Armani Brooks three, just what an insane ending to this game. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have written it better myself for the Rockets to be able to have an ending to their summer league that looked as fun and as awesome as this one did. Because again, we you know. No Jalen Green, no Alperin Shingun, who's back home visiting Turkey for you know for a few weeks before reporting back uh, at the beginning of September for training camp. All these things, right? You know, it nobody's expecting these you know fourth, fifth games of summer league to be super duper exciting or have a lot of jam packed action. And this one had all of that, and we got to see a lot of things on display from these different Rockets players. I want to dive into specifically. Armani Brooks and Garuba and Josh Christopher. And we're going to get there in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Sweat Block. Because look, at the end of the day, nobody likes feeling gross. Nobody likes sweating through your clothes. It all It's just, it's uncomfortable. It can be embarrassing. It can cause you, you know, severe anxiety, right? If you're, you know, worried about what you're going to wear when you go out and about, when you're, when you're going out, maybe it's for a job interview, maybe it's for a date. You're just hanging out with friends, right? And you're worried. You're like, oh, I, I can't wear that shirt. It's, it's too hot outside. No, you could forget about all of that with sweat block because sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You basically just put it on at night before you go to bed Wake up the next morning, go through your normal routine, shower, makeup, do whatever you got to do, right? Go about your day without worrying about sweat at all. Guaranteed. They get, they've got you for a complete money back guarantee. If you don't like it, if it doesn't work out for you, but I'm telling you, right. As, as a Houstonian, as somebody who deals with the humidity we've got here in H town all the time, sweat block actually works. You just put it on. It lasts. It varies kind of person to person. Some people it's about, you know, work for about six, seven days. Other people it'll work longer than that. But just put it on, see the results for yourself, and you can get 20% off. So check it out, and you can get 20% off today at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. It's also available at Amazon and CVS. So again, that's 20% off at sweatblock.com. And another message from our friends over at 
Theragun. Because look, don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete trying to carve out an NBA roster spot at Vegas Summer League 2021, or you're just Joe Blow like me trying to make it throughout the day, right? Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's pretty much as quiet as like an electric toothbrush. So it's not even loud or obnoxious or any of that, right? The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, maybe it's an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Now, I want to start with Armani Brooks here because I think this is a this is a sentiment that I kind of echoed already a little bit for one Anthony Lamb, who had a pretty quiet game in this one. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the thing is you're gonna have some games with some ups and some downs, but when you've got bona fide shooters like Anthony Lamb, Armani Brooks, guys like that who just know how to put the ball in the bucket, somewhere an NBA team is going to take a chance on these guys, right? And now the benefit for the Rockets is they extended qualifying offers to both of those guys. So they have the right to match any potential contract that a team wants to throw at them. However, right now the Rockets are on, you know, they're on a 15 man roster crunch. They've got all 15 of their roster spots filled up currently they do have one two-way spot open because they signed Matthew Hurt to a two-way deal they've got one two-way spot left open and honestly I'm of the belief that Armani Brooks is absolutely worth an NBA level contract I don't really see him coming back to the Rockets on a two-way deal I feel like there is at least one team out there that's going to take a chance and you know give him an offer sheet and the Rockets are going to have to decide whether they want to match it, whether they want to waive somebody, deal somebody, that kind of thing, clear up some roster space. And it's tough because the Rockets, as presently constructed, have about, what, five guards, six guards maybe, ahead of what would be Brooks in the rotation. But when you've got a guy like that who can absolutely torch from behind the three-point line, and this, this Rockets team needs shooting. There is not a lot of shooting to be had, unfortunately, for this Rockets team. And Armani's a guy who can put the ball in the bucket. There's no other, there's no other you know, ifs, ands, or buts about it. When you look down this roster, there are a lot of question marks about the quality of shooting for this Rockets team. And being able to sub a guy in like Armani, even if it's just for a few minutes a night, that kind of thing, just to kind of space the floor a little bit, give you a guy who you can, you know, pass the ball to out on the wing to kind of stretch out defenses to be your kind of zone buster. Um, that's invaluable at the NBA level. So if I'm the Rockets, I'm looking at Armani, what he just did in summer league in this game, what he did, you know, throughout all of last season as a Houston rocket. And I'm seriously considering, is he, you know, worth bringing back on an NBA deal? He, they've got to at least bring him back on a two way. Like if you're, if you're weighing the two options between Armani Brooks and Anthony lamb, I think I'm going to go Armani Brooks each time because I think lamb has had a bunch of opportunities at the NBA level to show what he can do. And he's got 
more size. He plays a couple positions up from Armani, right? He's more of that 3-4 guy instead of a 1-2 guy, uh, at least defensively, right? And with Lamb, I just never saw that translate at the NBA level, unfortunately, right? He's had so, he's had some moments. He's He hustles really hard, plays solid defense, and I do think he's worthy of like a team taking a shot on him. But if I'm being told, if I'm being asked to choose between Armani Brooks and Anthony Lamb for who I would want on that final two-way roster spot for the Houston Rockets, I'm absolutely going Armani Brooks over Anthony Lamb in this scenario. That said, again, I am hard-pressed to imagine that there's not going to be another team that's going to offer Armani Brooks a full-blown roster spot at some point between now and the start of the NBA season. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody does that. I do want to say, in this one, Armani, 30 points, 9 of 17 from behind the arc, 10 of 19 overall shooting, had 6 boards, 3 assists, had a steal, only 1 turnover, a plus 10 in his 30 minutes played. Started off the game incredibly hot, at one point had... 12 of the Rockets' first, like, 18 points or something like that kind of cooled off a little bit, and then as the game wore on, started to pick it back up a little bit, and then had the, obviously, the game-winning uh, three-pointer, the game-winning bucket uh, for the Houston Rockets. And one thing that stands out to me about Armani Brooks, and you'll notice this about really quality shooters in the NBA, and this is why I think he's going to have a, a long NBA career and why he's going to make a roster at some point, is his footwork as a shooter. When I had Armani on this show, we talked about, you know, guys that he studies, ways that he looks to improve his game. He talked about studying Seth Curry highlights and how he really looks at Seth Curry's footwork and how he, you know, prepares himself, how he straightens his body, how he lines himself up for his shots, all of those things. And so when you go back and watch the highlights from this game, seriously, watch how Armani sets himself up for these threes, right? When he knows a pass is coming towards him, when he knows he's open and he's getting ready to take a three, he squares his his shoulders up, he gets lined up with the rim, he gets his feet set, and he steps into these threes so flawlessly. And then if you go back and look at the game winner, right, where he's calling for the ball from Josh Christopher, he's, he's so vocal, he's calling for the ball, JC, 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 comes curling around the wing, JC hits him pinpoint on the money with a pass, and then Armani just steps so flawlessly into his, you know, really fluid three-point shot, right? Nothing but bottoms. So that's what stands out to me about the difference between, you know, an okay shooter and a really quality shooter is like the form, the footwork, all of that that goes in, right? It's not just, okay, let me just pull up for a shot. It's the work that goes into getting open for the shot, which Armani does a really good job of coming off of dribble handoffs, coming off screens, that kind of thing, running and moving without the ball. I think he does a pretty stellar job of, which again is another shout out to Seth Curry, which I don't want to talk about the Curry's too much on this podcast, but right. That's something that both of the Curry brothers do incredibly well. Both Steph and Seth Curry is they move without the ball so incredibly well, and they do their work to then get open so that they can use that quality shooting that they possess in their arsenal to, again, get wide open shots, right? You're, you're putting in the work, you're coming around screens, you're coming off dribble handoff sets, that kind of thing. And we saw that in this one. We saw Armani pull up immediately after a couple different uh, dribble handoff plays. And those are going to be plays that are you know bountiful at the NBA level, especially in a Steven Silas-led offense. We know that he likes to use his bigs to orchestrate those dribble handoffs right there on the perimeter. And you can either have the big kind of slip after that or pop out after that, whatever. And as long as you've got a quality shooter like Brooks, then 
if the defender gives too much space, then it's an easy elevation straight into a wide open three point shot. And we saw that a couple times in this one. So just wanted to highlight Armani Brooks, what kind of stood out to me, you know, in this game, he's a quality shooter and I'm going to be remiss if the Rockets don't bring him back, but understandably so if he gets an offer from another team. Now, another guy that I want to spend a minute talking about is Usman Garuba, because there were two things that stood out to me in this one from him. First of which, obviously the defense, right? Like the defense, solid all around. I don't think he's had like, I don't think he's had any bad defensive performances. I think he was a little jet lagged that first game, but he looks comfortable on switches. He looks like he's really like, he looks like he's going to be a very versatile defensive presence, which is exactly what, you, you know, what you wanted out of him, exactly what he was marketed as. and then you see you see kind of the the flashes right of where he can be really really good whether he's you know crashing a rebound the timing on a block like in this one the clutch block at the tail end of the game which was a monster block by the way i mean the the way he got up there you know timed it beautifully so you see those those flashes right and so defensively there i don't think there's any question about what he's going to be able to do at the nba level i think what i really have liked out of him and will weaver commented on this after game four against the magic but the plays that garuba is is able to make out of some of his rebounds right or in this one you know in this case uh out of some of the 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 turnovers that he causes right so in this game he had eight points on three of five shooting so again pretty quiet offensively and you're not going to be expecting a lot of offense out of usma garuba that's fine he's not going to be the guy that's going to go out there and fill it up offensively that's totally okay but past those offensive numbers he had 10 rebounds, five defensive, five offensive. He had six assists, which was a gigantic standout to me. And then he had five steals and, of course, the one insanely clutch block at the end of this game. So the steals are another part of the defense, right? He's you know active with his hands, uh, you know, recovery, recovering loose balls, that kind of thing, as well as create kind of you know probing passing lanes. But to me, what really stood out, and we saw this at the end of the game, was when the Blazers were kind of running that bit of a zone and they just had Garuba floating in the center of the floor, Rockets would dump the ball into him. They'd get the ball in the center of the floor and then kind of try to collapse that Blazer zone. And multiple times he made the right read out of that center of the court, you know, spot. There we go. Yeah, spot. And that's such an that's such an interesting area because Rockets fans should uh, be intimately familiar with what it's like to have a player in that spot, in a zone where def- defenses are not honoring your shooters because they did that a lot with Clint Capella. They did that a lot with Russell Westbrook. And it's important to have a guy who can be in that center spot of the floor, right? And make the right read, make the right decision, the right pass to get it to the open shooter out of that position, right? So seeing Garuba, and there were there were times where he would get, you know, an offensive rebound and hit the cutter, you know, going back and towards towards the ball or get a defensive rebound and, you know, push it up the quarter, make the right, you know, the right push ahead pass to the right player. And it's those moments as well. But I think that his passing is an interesting area of his game that'll be uh, really fun to watch develop. I don't expect him to like, I don't think expecting him to become like Draymond-esque is is fair to Garuba because I feel like that's a pretty high ceiling to have to reach. He's got the defensive tools to get there TBD on whether or not he's got the handle and the court vision, the passing ability to be at that level that Draymond is at offensively. Um, But I think that that's like an interesting comparison, at least to make as far as 
their physical attributes, what they bring to the table defensively, that kind of thing. And in this one, it really, I mean, if, if I didn't tell you whose stat line this, this line belonged to, you'd say that's a very Draymond Green-esque stat line, right? Eight points, only five shots, 10 boards, six assists, five steals, one block, only two turnovers. That's a very Draymond Green-esque stat line. Now, again, it's summer league, so we're not going to blow it out of proportion. But I was just really impressed with Garuba. And again, even more so than the defensive highlights at points, I was impressed with the passing because that's an area of his offensive game that we didn't know was there, right? Because again, there's been a gigantic, there's been this kind of question mark about what Garuba's offense is going to look like because he wasn't expected to do a whole lot offensively with Real Madrid. So we didn't know what to expect out of him with the Rockets. And so if he's got a little bit of passing chops on him and if he can make the right reads coming out of pick and roll scenarios or when he's got the ball in the middle of the floor, uh, you know, as defenses are playing a zone coverage, that kind of thing, then that opens up a lot of possibilities for the Rockets moving forward. So I do want to talk about Josh Christopher and his overall game because I think this was his best overall summer league game. And we're going to get there after a quick message from my friends over at Built Bar. Look, Built Bar... These bars are incredible. Like I, I, I've got boxes of them sitting right over there, right? Because at the end of the day, protein bars, they're not like, you know, sometimes with protein bars, right? They're gritty or they're chalky or it's kind of like a chore to go through a protein bar, right? You, you're not looking forward to it. Like, I got to go eat a protein bar. With Built Bar, it's not like that because these protein bars are basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They got so many amazing flavors to choose from. You got raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, my personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk. Cannot go wrong with any single one of their flavors. Every single bar. Low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. Great if you're just trying to stay where you're at, right? And you could check them out. Just visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They got you covered for all the news, odds, and info that you could imagine. You got you for baseball. They've got you for football, which is right around the corner. They've even got UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at betonline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. You could do that using promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. You know, with with everything going on with my with my travel, you know, plans, issues, getting back from Vegas, all that stuff, I didn't even get a chance to to harp on the Jalen Green versus the entire city of Detroit beef, which is a whole just Jalen Green hasn't played a single NBA minute and he already has an entire city that despises him. I just think that's incredible, right? And I think it's so poetic that the Houston Rockets go from the shooting guard that everybody in the NBA loved to hate for the past decade into what is probably going to be the next shooting guard that everybody in the NBA loves to hate for the next decade, right? And there was that picture of, of Jalen Green at, at Team USA uh, practice or whatever, uh, and James Harden, and they like dapped up, right? And it's like the passing of the torch between most hated shooting guards. Love that. Uh, so, I mean, Jalen Green just going out of his way, uh, doing his exclusive interview with Crispy Haynes and talking about uh, how he didn't want to live in Detroit. 
And a lot of people were taken aback by this because he originally said in his GQ article, I want to live in Detroit. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't take I want to live in Detroit as I want to live in Detroit. That's I want to live in Detroit because I want to be the number one overall pick, right? That's what that meant. Jalen Green has made has has not been shy about the fact that he wanted to be the number one overall pick. And now that he's not the number one overall pick, one, he has been presented with new evidence, right? He's lived in Houston now. He's he's hung out here. He's been around, you know, around the area a little bit, likes it better in Houston. So that's okay. If you're presented with new information, then it's totally okay to change your previous opinion. That's how things work. So that's totally fine. And then secondly, like, again, I never took it to mean he wanted to actually live in Detroit. He just wanted to be the number one overall pick. And once that ship had sailed, now he's perfectly content. He's, he's happy in Houston. He likes it here. He's getting along with his, with his teammates, with the coaching staff, with the organization. It's just a perfect fit. It's probably a better fit than had he gone to Detroit. And on top of all that, he's going to use this fire from not being the number one overall pick for like the rest of his career. Every time he goes against Detroit, it's going to be a spectacle. So I'm looking forward to all that. I love that the Rockets have gone from like this. Again, the Rockets and Pistons never even cared about each other. And now there's like this vitriol between the two fan bases, all because Jalen Green is instigating so much. And I just hope I hope and I know that he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. He's going to go out there and back up the play on the court. Absolutely. He already did once, right? He already had the better overall game compared to Cade Cunningham, the better team game than Cade Cunningham, and the Rockets came away with the win against the Pistons. So I don't want to hear it, right? Right now, it's one zip Jalen versus Cade. That's all I want to hear. And when they go up against each other in the regular season again, it's going to be two zip and then three zip. It's going to be great. Love this rivalry. I'm absolutely here for the for the Jalen Green-Cade Cunningham rivalry. It's going to be amazing to watch for the next uh, five or six years before Cade Cunningham forces his way out of Detroit. So with that, and let's get to Josh Christopher, um, because I really felt like this was the game where he, I don't want to say he put it all together because he's definitely put it together in previous games, but this was the game where he really had a comfortable game, right? At no point did it feel like he was forcing things in this game. At no point did it feel like he was playing too aggressively or trying to get his too much in this one. He played very much within the flow of the offense, and it fits with what he said post game after the Orlando after playing against the Orlando Magic, where he's just out there, you know, if, you know, trying to you know get his teammates shots right, trying to do whatever he can do. If he if he realizes somebody's got it going, he's going to try and get them the ball, that kind of thing. And it really felt like he did that in this one. He filled in as a secondary scoring threat when he needed to, right? Played quality defense, rebounded the ball well, drove the ball well. When you look at his his shot profile in this one, he was two of seven from behind the arc, which means he was six of seven inside the arc. So again, it's for him, the biggest question is going to be, can he put together that outside shot? And if he can play like this, this style of game, this was a, like, again, this was the best, most all-around game for Josh Christopher in summer league. He had 20 points on 8 of 14 shooting. So again, 2 of 7 from behind the arc, and then 6 of 7 inside the arc. 2 of 3 at the charity stripe. 5 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, only 1 turnover. Really, really solid all-around game from Christopher. Again, he looked very, very poised, in control of the Rockets' offense, and 
at times, right, was make it was making the right decisions, right? Was was passing up chances where maybe earlier in summer league, right, games one, two, three, he might have just forced up a tough shot in the lane or might have settled for a pull-up jumper or a turnaround fadeaway or something. But instead, there were opportunities where he drove the ball and then kicked it out to the next man to kind of get the defense scrambling, that kind of stuff. And that's what I was talking about when I've kind of been a little critical of him at times is I feel like at times the decision-making hasn't been perfect where he's decided to kind of force up a more difficult shot than he needed to when it could have been a kick out when it could have been something else right and or pass to the next man instead of putting up a shot that might have been a little contested whatever really felt like this game he played within the offense he played his role to a t and he was a large part of why the rockets got that win right the defensive pressure at the end of the game forcing those turnovers all of the above so a really, really solid all-around game from Josh Christopher. And if I'm coming away, like coming away from Summer League based on what we knew about the players going into Summer League and what we know about them coming out of Summer League, which is going to be the next episode we do, is we're going to break down, we're going to come away with five things that we learned through Rocket Summer League. But I think I have to come away thinking that I'm most pleased and surprised with Josh Christopher. Because coming into Summer League, obviously Jalen Green's Jalen Green, right? Alper and Shingun, we kind of knew what he was going to bring offensively. We saw a lot of that on display. The defense was pretty surprising from Shingun, but kind of kind of already knew what we were getting with him a little bit offensively. Usman Garuba more or less showed up, played as build, right? The defensive prowess, the passing was kind of a nice surprise. Um, offensively, we knew he was going to, you know, that was going to be the area of his game that was going to take the most work. But then Josh Christopher, at least for me personally, right? And I know that not everybody felt this way. I know there's other people out there who, you know, gave were in their in their minds gave Josh Christopher more of a chance from the jump than I did. I was a little bit kind of iffy on the pick at first, but so were many others, right? And I come away every single day, every single post game interview with Josh Christopher, he continued to win me over day by day. And now at the end of Vegas Summer League, I am ecstatic. I am thrilled that he is a Houston Rocket. He is going to have a solid NBA career, right? And to me, he's an absolute steal that the Rockets got at 24. He's got the entire bag. His entire game is very polished. The handle, the the off-the-ball ability, the driving ability, transition, defense, everything, right? All he's got to do is put together that outside shot, right? Get it a little bit more consistent. And he's going to have a really lengthy, solid NBA career. So I am ecstatic that the Rockets got him at 24. And... That's where I'm at, right? Is I come away from this Vegas Summer League, and you should too, thinking that the Rockets still killed the draft. Rafael Stone did an incredible job with these four picks, and we got to see flashes and glimpses out of all four of them. And now I'm more hyped than I was before Vegas Summer League for this Rocket season to hurry up and get here because I'm ready to see these rookies ball out on an NBA court. So with that, that's going to be it for today's episode. If you haven't yet, please consider subscribing to our brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, brand new Odyssey app. We would sincerely appreciate it. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.